everyone, and welcome to the Moving Forward podcast. I'm your host, Robbie, and I'm here with Andy Lemrock. Hello, Andy. Hey, Robbie. Good to be back. I think we've had a week off again. Oh, some, some updates from Victoria. We're kind of opening up, but not yet. So they've lifted a number of restrictions recently. Most importantly, having the ability to get a haircut, which has been... I, I don't know about you, but my hair is terrible. Your hair looks pretty good right now, to be honest. So I don't think you've been struggling from the same things. But I'm sure you've been taking advantage of the uh, expansion from 5 to 25 kilometers um, away from your house, the ability to do that. Oh, yeah. I could find a really, I could maybe find a hairdresser that doesn't have a queue out the front. Really? <laughs> have you been having a problem with that? I walked up the street the other day and every single hairdresser had a queue out the footpath. Wow, I don't know if that's. A, I, think, I don't, I don't know if that's crazy. a CBD thing because my hairdresser was completely empty, I, or, or maybe it's the quality of the hairdresser that I go to. Well, I was going to say, if I look at your <laughs> <Yeah>. hair, <laughs> hey, come on, he's good. He knows what he's doing. I think no one yeah. knows. No, yeah, isn't okay. it incredible? Hundred days of lockdown, and the most important things a haircut. Uh, I think we're really privileged. I think that's what this shows is how lucky we are. Um, to, to be in a position to worry about our haircuts. Um, but things are going well in Victoria. The numbers are going down. We've had today, I think we have uh, only five cases. Um, this is the 22nd of October. Um, we've had less than five cases a day for the past, I think, three, four days. So hopefully an opportunity for early opening, but um, that's still not confirmed. But in general, um, I think our conversation today is kind of related to the pandemic. Um, I wanted to talk about some of the industry trends that um, you and I have been noticing um, uh, in different industries as a response to COVID and as a way to uh, take advantage of the switch to work from home um, that a lot of businesses are implementing. I'd like to start with talking a little bit about some of the things that I noticed are getting a lot of hype in banking, for example. Um, mm -hmm. I noticed... A lot of banking corporations um, have been saying that the move to work from home has been easier for them just because um, a lot of their uh, customer facing operations can really be done from home. Um, so, for example, the ATMs can be used by people on their own. Uh, people can call in, which people, a lot of them used to do it, call in to inquire about their accounts and so on and so forth. The use of applications have been very well, but blockchain has been something that has been trending recently, um, and the, it and its application um, in making sure that the payments are secure. AI has had a lot of impact on banking, a lot of investing in AI, especially for uh, the bots that you see when you get to a bank, go to a bank's website and ask questions, and how that bot can analyze you emotionally as well to find how it can respond to you and what it can upsell you. Um, so that's what I've noticed um, in other industries as well. I've noticed a lot, but I'd like to get your point of view on this. What have been some of the things that I've been noticing? Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Uh, there is certainly accelerated change, um, which is I think we've talked about through the whole podcast so far. Mm -hmm. And we're certainly not going to have large transformational projects that take two and three years to deliver anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we're definitely becoming more agile as a consumer of services we're becoming more agile as a deliverer of services which means we've got some new challenges on the horizon so mm. the first is that we've got a completely if we look at banking in particular 
we've got a completely distributed market. The regulation now demands open banking and open standards and an API type architecture. To, so more and more people want access to the bank's information and they want more access and they want deeper access and more intelligence to what's going on, right? So not only do we want to see a payment happen in real time, but we want to be able to understand what that really means. So all of a sudden, more and more people are accessing those transactional services that the banking industry offers us at greater velocity. And so what that means is that we have a much bigger attack surface presenting itself to this uh, industry from a cyber um, perspective. So I think uh, machine state integrity and those types of things, you alluded to that with blockchain. Um, how do we actually know the machines that are connecting and accessing the data that they are of uh, an integral state and that we can allow them to access these information. So I think that that whole space blockchain and mean, uh, machine state integrity yeah. is going to be huge, yeah. particularly over the next few months uh, into next year. And there's a lot of work doing there. I think that's a big trend in that industry. And some of the industries I've, I've noticed um, uh, have been impacted to a lesser extent is manufacturing because some of these jobs have been considered as um, uh, what do you call it? Um, primary jobs or um, important jobs that have not been impacted a lot by the lockdown. Um, what do you see some of the changes that we're going to see in industry? Do you think it's going to be more towards machines the, taking care of manufacturing, people kind of supervising? Uh, maybe people are just looking at dashboards that um, is fed with information uh, uh, from sensors. Um, we've talked about how Wi-Fi 6 can help a lot uh, in the IoT uh, with regards to industries where it can um, take the information from sensors in a more power-efficient way. Um, do you see that as the way going? You see people being more analysts and um, in a monitoring position than actually doing work? I actually see it also a little bit more differently than that. I think manufacturing, particularly in our country, Australia, is in for an absolute revolution, a, a, a huge boom. If we look at um, what the federal government's doing, particularly around the, the latest budget and driving growth uh, through industry, driving power costs down with gas and those sorts of things, we are, we are set perfectly. The landscape is perfect for manufacturing. Okay, I mean, during the, the lockdown, I went to Bunnings to get a light globe for the oven, couldn't find one. And I was actually talking to the, uh, you know, one of the assistants in Bunnings and she said to me, she goes, you want a light globe for an oven, you've got to be dreaming. I said, what do you mean? She goes, we don't even manufacture a light bulb in Australia anymore. And it just, it was, you know, pardon the pun, light bulb moment. We, we, yeah. we have really gone away from manufacturing. What cheap electricity will do and the speed of technology, 5G, Mac, uh, robotics, edge devices, et cetera, will be the manufacturing floor will be completely automated. It will be all robotic. So we're not going to suffer the challenges of the labor costs, okay? There will always be labor costs, no question about that. But robots will really change that industry. And when you've got cheap power and you've got really fast technology that's, you know, private 5G and, and, and MEC-type technology hmm. is now starting to proliferate right the way across the Asia-Pac region. Um, it's not just the big telcos in North America doing it. It is really targeted to that. So I think 
the government has set us up for a manufacturing boom right now. And, and I think in general, for looking at all the industries, we have noticed, uh, in addition to that, the move to cloud, uh, which is really going to be supported by uh, the likes of 5G, uh, Wi-Fi 6, because I'm pretty sure you would want to access the applications that you have on the cloud really fast. Um, and, and the ability to do that has will be enhanced with such uh, fast and reliable uh, internet connections. I mean, I just recently installed 5.56 in my house, and it's very noticeable, the quality of the internet um, uh, that, and how it has improved in my home. Um, There's but- a subtle difference there, though, Ravi, which is something that, you know, is really important to understand. So even though you want something fast, okay, you still got to go to the cloud to get it, right? So you can build a 20-lane freeway and have no one on it, but you still got to get from A to B. What's actually happening is we're bringing the cloud closer to the endpoint, to the user. Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing that gets me excited. When you when you talk about multi-edge um, compute and containerization, Kubernetes on the on the edge devices and all those sorts of things, you're actually moving the workload to the edge, very much like a content delivery network operates in the media space. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you don't just have really fast networks, but you've got fast throughput because you're not having to travel miles. Yeah. And, and so that's the fast change. And we're really going to need that because we've seen with our conversation about Google Workplace, um, Slack, um, um, a, a, a lot of a lot of our work is not really going to be on local folders. It's going to be on our cloud infrastructure, um, on our Google Drive. And so we're really going to need that um, access to these files really fast. Um, let's switch to um, a hot topic, aviation. Um, they've really suffered through this. Um, we've, we've seen a trend of moving from passenger aviation to cargo. Uh, what are some of the things that you've noticed? And um, have you seen any opportunities for these companies to uh, invest in in order to come back um, and stand, stand up again? Yeah, I think uh, I still think there's an appetite to travel, and you know, Qantas putting out that special flight you know, around Australia with a low fly pass over Airs Rock, seven hundred dollars a seat, sold out in in minutes, right? So, mm-hmm. I, I think travel is something that will come back. There's no question about that, uh, and I'm sure Bain Capital wouldn't have invested in Virgin if they didn't think it was going to come back. Um, however, I do think how we travel. Uh, will change. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how that will happen, but um, that industry itself is certainly suffering and it's having to obviously reinvent itself um, along the way. So being able to repurpose planes and use them for other types of missions besides passenger is critical, and I think there's great signs that that industry is doing that um, incredibly well. Um, but, you know, I think they're still in, in for a bit of a waiting game with regards to borders opening and travel happening. Absolutely. And, and I can't wait to find, find out whether or not the aviation industry is going to benefit from um, the rollout of low orbit satellites that are providing Internet to people. I mean, we've seen that with um, a lot of uh, corporations that are trying uh, to do that right now. I believe um, one of Elon Musk's companies are trying to do that. Um, Amazon is attempting to do that as well. Facebook have tried to do that. Um, so that would be very helpful, uh, very um, interesting to see how um, such industries would benefit from that in a way that we didn't. Uh, well, I think expect. that I think that's probably one of the key game changers in the fourth industrial revolution is connectivity for everyone, but connectivity at high speed. 
and uh, low latency. When you look at those low orbit constellations that are going up there, they effectively can replace terrestrial type backhole services. When that happens, a constellation means that we can get coverage as good as we have on a fiber connection in the best city in the world, right in the middle of the Sahara Desert, right? That's the game changer. When we have that, then all of a sudden, when you bring the cloud closer and the applications closer to wherever the user is, industry can be built and developed anywhere. Experiences can be had anywhere. And that's really going to very- be... And it's really going to be a revolution with regards to equal access to internet globally, even in a country where you don't have the infrastructure. Um, you're going to have the ability to access fast internet, which opens up the market for online businesses to millions, if not billions, of more people that are going to be um, flooding to these uh, industries. Yeah, the, the big takeaway for me in all of this is that the network has never mattered so much as as what it has before. I've been saying that for a couple of years, but we have seen the providers uh, get closer to the cloud, work closer with the cloud service providers uh, to bring that technology to the edge all the way through this difficult time of 2020. Uh, We haven't taken a backward step. We've continued to innovate. We've continued to deliver. And so I just don't see that trend changing. Um, Connectivity and Workload at the edge is the future. Awesome. Awesome. A lot of trends are going. Things are moving fast. It's getting exciting. Things are opening in Victoria, um, and hopefully numbers will keep going down. Um, great conversation, Andy. This was episode 24 of the Moving Forward podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Robbie. Don't forget to smile, everyone. <laughs>